Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. It's been almost a year since I released a solo episode, but so much has happened that I thought this might be a good time to catch up with you solo style. This particular episode focuses on the development and creation of Master Builder, our first audio drama released in July of 2019. You'll hear some background, some tips, and some reflections. You'll also hear bits from a blog post that I wrote for RDU on stage in July. Thank you, Lauren Van Hamert, for the opportunity to post on your site and to be on your podcast. I'll put those links in the show notes. Future solo podcasts will be focused on the new audio fiction projects that are already underway, including The New Colossus, which is a two-act audio drama based on Chekhov's classic play, The Seagull, a serial podcast titled Jesus Pancake, an anthology of short solo pieces, and another serial that is yet untitled because it's going to be created by the Soapbox Audio Collective, which is a writer's group. So there's a lot. I am excited and overwhelmed, and I'm all the things all the time. Mostly I'm riding the edge of excited and really scared, which seems to be about right. So if you are new to audio drama creation, or you're just curious, then I hope you find this podcast episode interesting. If you are a pro, then heck, reach out, give me some pointers, be my friend, be on my team. I've been making theater for almost my entire life, but in the audio drama world, I'm definitely a newbie. So here we go with some context. As I said, in July of 2019, Artist Soapbox released the Master Builder audio drama. You can find it at artistsoapbox.org slash masterbuilder and on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The audio drama is divided into two acts for a total of 94 minutes and based on a classic stage play by Henrik Ibsen of the same title. The audio drama was produced by Artist Soapbox and the Soapbox Audio Collective with support from the patrons of Artist Soapbox, the Mary Duke Biddle Foundation, Timothy McMacken, and the Women's Theater Festival. The production was dedicated to the memory of Julie Rhodes. In addition to those wonderful supporters, our creative team included a cast of seven actors, two production assistants, a sound designer, an audio engineer, two composers, and me as writer, producer, and director. We also had a photographer, videographer, and graphic designer. So how was this audio drama born? Well, it all started in 1892, when Henrik Ibsen published his play, The Master Builder. Now, I wasn't alive, of course, but somebody obviously was in my family tree. As far as I can tell, Ibsen's play got mixed reviews. They had an inkling he was onto something, but the critics and the audiences couldn't quite make sense of it. So if we fast forward to the fall of 2015, which I know is a big jump in time, I sat on the floor of my son's room, breastfeeding him, sleep-deprived, and fairly certain I would never make creative work again. 
It was the middle of the night, and I was bleary-eyed. I watched a 1960s film adaptation of The Master Builder. I thought the text was cumbersome, the characters unlikable, and the structure kind of wobbly. But I couldn't get it out of my mind. I kept thinking, who were these oddballs, and what made them tick? What was Ibsen doing? What did it mean? And why did I feel such an urgent need to start reading translations of Henrik's script? As a side note, there's a 2013 film version of A Master Builder starring Wallace Shawn, if you're looking for something more contemporary. It is kind of weird, which seems on brand for this play. All right, several years later, in the winter of 2018, Master Builder, my stage adaptation of Ibsen's script, was performed in Hillsboro, North Carolina, produced by Little Green Pig Theatrical Concern and directed by Kevin Ewart. So my obsession had transformed into a theater piece. I changed the genders of many of the characters, set it in the present day, and messed with a few of the major plot points. I really tried to lean into the odd nature of the characters while digging a little deeper into their psychology. I also rejiggered that old trope of an older person inappropriately seducing a younger person because I'm not doing that. My version was also considerably shorter. No three acts for me. Now, as far as I can tell, my play also got mixed reviews. Well, it got one review in print, and it wasn't great. By this point, though, I was deeply infatuated by the bizarre world and family of characters we had created with my master builder. And as much as I loved the stage version and felt extraordinarily grateful to have it produced, I also felt like my script wasn't quite fully baked. I yearned to fix some of my playwriting missteps. I wanted another whack at it. However, for me, given my family obligations, it was too time-intensive logistically hairy, and expensive to whack it again on stage. And at that time, my interests were starting to morph into the audio realm with the launch of this podcast the previous year. So I thought, well, how hard can it be? I'll just combine my experience in the theater with my experience as a podcaster and my passion for audio content, then I'll drop in some fantastic local talent and voila, an audio drama will be born. (laughs) Yeah. It was a grand experiment for me, and that's kind of sort of the recipe that happened. I started by rewriting the stage version for ears only. And another side note, adapting a stage script into an audio script is another podcast episode entirely. Actually, it would probably work better as a blog post, so you could see the difference between the audio and the stage scripts. The short version is that your audio script is going to be much longer, since you'll need to say what you would normally show on stage, or at least write in the sound cues. You can also approach the audio script similarly to a film script, because you can cut back and forth between drastically different locations or points of view pretty quickly. Coming from a theater background, I didn't do much of that switching in Master Builder because my original priority when I was thinking about it for the stage was writing something that was easy to put up. All right, I digress. So, a year and a half after the theater production, in the summer of 2019, the audio version of the Master Builder audio drama premiered at the Women's Theater Festival in Raleigh, North Carolina. It was released to the public the following day, which was July 15th, 2019, through all the podcast platforms. 
And now it's out there in the world. This process was both very short and very long, depending on how you look at it and who you are. It could have been a six-month process or a one-year process or a four-year process. And now for some tips and tricks and chips and dips. Not really, because chips and dips should not be consumed during audio recording unless you are actually recording someone eating a chip as a sound effect, which we did. Otherwise, chips give you mouth noise and dips give you phlegm, which is not recommended for voice acting. Eat an apple and drink some water. Here are some random tips for audiomaker newbies like me. Some things I learned, some things I did well, and some things I do differently. Tip number one, record at least three takes of each scene. Even when you don't feel like it and your ears are killing you, three should be the minimum. For us, the third take was almost always the best, and you'll want several backups in case you need to Frankenstein the scene together. For Master Builder, I divided each longer scene into short scenelets, usually based on entrances and exits. We recorded three takes of each scenelet with coaching from me in between. At the end of the third take, we recorded any extra sounds we might need in isolation, such as sipping, coughing, laughing, sniffing, group laughter, group applause, etc. Tip number two. It's a great idea to record all the actors making all those sounds. So record all of them laughing in several ways, breathing, sighing, gasping, humming, sniffing, sleeping, harumphing, eating, drinking, and crying. It's best if they do those during the scenes, but it's good to have them record all of the effects again later. Basically, record all vocalizations with breath that the actors could possibly make. It is odd how much you need those to insert in the post-production dialogue gaps. Tip number three. This tip is for the eating and drinking scenes. For at least one take, record the actors actually eating and drinking while saying their lines. Now, your recording studio might have feelings about this, so check with them. My experience was that if you retroactively add eating sounds in between clean lines, it seems like some random person is in the room eating a snack and watching the show. It's really creepy. Tip number four, do not look. As a director, whatever you do, don't look at the actors while they are recording the scene. As a director, it's essential to only listen through your headphones. Allow yourself no visual feedback. The scene will sound completely different when you aren't watching, and you'll be able to monitor for more nuanced tones of voice and identify confusing bits and inconsistencies in the script. You might be surprised by how much information we receive through nonverbal visual cues. So an example of that would be a shrug. If I can see you, a shrug is a pretty clear answer to a question. If I can't see you, a shrug sounds like nothing. Maybe a clothing shift. Mostly, it sounds like you didn't hear the question or you aren't answering the question at all. It's easier to catch those nonverbal response gaps if you're listening without watching. And if you want to add in a verbal shrug, that could sound like, hmm. I know that many audio dramas record remotely and the actors don't perform in the room together. But for now, at least, I prefer my actors to be able to look at each other and that they come in with their scripts mostly memorized so they aren't reading. That way the text is there for reference and it's not a crutch. They can look up and connect with each other, and that seems to make a big difference. 
Tip number five for recording time, more is better. With the exception of two of my people, the cast of Master Builder had already rehearsed and performed this piece on stage, so they were coming in strong and ready, and we'd also had two or three rehearsals prior to the recording days, so we could move with a purpose when we really got in front of the mics. Even so, I wish I had scheduled more recording time. I scheduled eight hours and used ten hours. Thank you, actors. Thank you, Shadowbox Studio. And in retrospect, I wish I'd actually scheduled 12 hours of recording time spread over three days with an extra day scheduled for pickups and some Foley work. I scheduled no time for pickups. Yikes. Luckily, my actors were really solid and we didn't need to go back and re-record, but that could have been a huge problem. Tip number six, give everyone a break, not just the talent. In my giant Excel spreadsheet, I scheduled breaks for the actors, but no breaks for myself, my audio engineer, or my PA. So by the end of each recording day, I thought I was going to throw up from listening so intently for so many hours without a break. Do not do that to yourself if you're the director, and do not do that to your staff. Some other things that I would do differently from the beginning. And these are things that I plan to do differently as I start working on my next audio drama. Number one, create a floor plan. It turns out that despite being an aural medium, you and your sound designer and your actors need to know the layout of the room or the place where the action is taking place. You need to know where the doors are, where the people are. You still need a set design and general blocking for the action in order for it to make sense. Number two, I would build the sound world ahead of time and in tandem with preparing for the recording days. I think it would have been more efficient to run the process less linearly. I thought of it in terms of one step and then the next and then the next. In other words, I had to hear the voices before building the world. A better choice could have been to amass the sound world either ahead of time or simultaneously with the rehearsals and the recording days and to be working with the composers from the beginning to set the tone. Number three, release the whole thing at once. If I could go back in time, I would release the entire Master Builder audio drama at once rather than waiting a week in between episodes, especially because there were only two. It's my hunch that people are really into the Netflix model of binging on an entire season in a weekend. So if there's a delay in the release dates, you may lose listeners and their listening momentum. So today is September 18th, 2019. It's when I'm recording this episode. And I can tell you that Master Builder audio drama has been listened to all over the world and in most of the United States. Our download numbers creep up every day. As a theater maker, it's been very difficult to be patient with listeners, getting around to finding the time to sit down and listen. When it's a live event like theater, audience members feel a sense of urgency to show up on one night, because if they don't, they miss it. With something evergreen and lasting like an audio drama, that sense of urgency disappears. So it feels like there's a constant need to stay in front of potential listeners and remind them and keep reminding them that the audio drama is waiting. I literally cannot say enough about our delightful 
and talented sound designer Edith Snow, who painted an awesome oral picture to support the narrative and who was very patient with me. The actors knocked the voice acting out of the park. Penny Miles wrote original music that lends mood and legitimacy to the whole dramatic endeavor and is the music you've been hearing throughout this episode. Our whole team was amazing, and I couldn't have asked for a better group of people. Master Builder felt like an exhausting and exhilarating adventure in a brand new artistic medium. Like most things, it was a lot more work than I thought it would be. It took a lot more time than I thought it would take. And it was a lot more fun than I ever imagined. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, I'm excited to announce that our second full-length audio drama is in development. The New Colossus is an original adaptation of Anton Chekhov's classic play, The Seagull. And it's gonna be amazing! We have a cast, we have a team, we have a script and recording days, and we are rolling! I'm asking you to support indie audio drama and artists. Please support the creation and production of this new work by becoming a patron of Artist Soapbox at patreon.com slash artistsoapbox. Patrons at the $3 a month level and up will also receive the inside scoop on our creative process, including interviews, secret documents, and more. That link again is patreon.com slash artist soapbox, and I'll include it in the show notes. Your support makes a huge difference. Artist Soapbox has created nearly 100 hours of free content made available to listeners around the world. Please help us continue to make more. Thanks.